The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him, people are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job. This is insane how great they are. Well, I think the authors of Pain are young prodigies. That's how good we are. Representing Bullet Club. This is what we do. Super Kid Party! Bobby Heenan, I'm certain you're going to have something to say about this very unusual, this very unique match. You've got six men in the ring at one time. Yes, managers will be in the corners. And you've got Steamboat Junkyard Dog Tito Santana facing the natural Butch Reed, the Macho Man Randy Savage, and your self-proclaimed king of wrestling, Harley Race. You know, you're talking about the Cow Palace. Now, any facility all over the world is either known as the Superdome, Pontiac Silverdome, the Cow Palace? Then they name it after the ladies that work here? Wait a minute. There is tremendous tradition in that great facility. Oh, that's Please. right. If you can go moo, you can get in for half price, I guess, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the max. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Wrestling to the Max, episode 265, part one, and boy, do we have a big show for you guys today. And of course, this show is brought to you by W2Mnet.com. That's right, the place where you go find all your great wrestling content. Trust me, don't want to miss a minute of the action over there. Plus, not just wrestling, there's also video games, football, MMA, and of course, video games. There's just tons of stuff that you don't want to miss on that website. Go to W2Mnet.com if you haven't already and come find all of our great great content as well as maybe you want to go check out some of the w2m network other shows and also some great, great articles we'll make sure we throw a shout out to all the other great people over there uh want to make sure we support and uh make some mention of our great partners from womanmedia.com as well as last word on pro wrestling.com we appreciate all, all their help and them of course they are so awesome and go check out those sites as well and today we want to make sure that you know once again Again, you can come and find us on YouTube as well as iHeartRadio. That's right. That's just a couple of places that we have really hit you up on pretty hard here. And we're excited about being on iHeartRadio and doing a lot of other great, great things. So we want to make sure that our platform gets widened more and more as we can go down the line and down the years. So there you go. I am your host, Gary Vaughn. And along with me is Mr. Paul Leeser. hey And Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Hey, and 
we are excited to have the whole crew together tonight. Uh, thank God. Uh, it's so awesome to have us all together. And, you know, once again, I mean, we have a big show in store for all of you, and it's going to be that much more amazing because we're all here. The one thing that we do come to you guys with is, it's not exactly an exciting thing. It's more of a somber thing. But I, I'm actually going to call it a tribute, a celebration, because that's what exactly this is. This has nothing about being sad. This has nothing about being down in the dumps. This is a celebration and a, a tribute to the great Bobby the Brain Heenan. That's right. Tonight, we are going to be focusing on a lot of his career, really breaking down some of the things we've found special about this man and everything that he did in the world of wrestling so trust me this is going to be a great episode we're going to have a lot of fun with that we're going to play a lot of clips tonight for you guys so it's a big big treat uh to do this tribute to him so we're going to be doing that as well as doing quick hits we've got a lot of news coming out about gfw and maybe some future things changing with them as well as we'll be getting into page being spotted at the performance center yeah so lots of great news this week as well as ring of honor we'll be talking about it and of course we'll be giving you our predictions uh death before dishonor that's right that's coming up this friday i think so you do not want to miss a minute of the action We've got a lot to do tonight, so we're not going to delay a whole lot longer. Uh, and, of course, you know, we're once again celebrating Bobby Heenan, but Sean and I are somber because Paul's Denver Broncos beat our Cowboys terribly. I mean, Paul, are you going to gloat? Is this the night you're going to gloat on us? Uh, the only thing I will gloat about is that I won a, a free dinner because I bet a friend dinner that the Broncos would beat the Cowboys. And I... Uh crushed that bet <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I think this is a steak dinner that you're going to be getting because boy those broncos gave him all they could handle and it, it was crazy um so yeah you need to tell him you know you get dessert too just uh you know, it's just so. a chinese food buffet but that's still that's that's good enough for me i love chinese food. that's a lot of food it is <laughs> well then, at an just, economical yeah. price which is uh doesn't everybody yeah. win at that point Yes. Yeah. That's true. I'm still saying, you know, a, a Brahms run isn't a bad idea either, you know. So, uh, I, I just, have good you know, if I was you, yeah. So, if I was you, I'd definitely come and uh, get as much out of that bet as I could. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, so Sean and I are only somber about that, you know. But there you go. And, of course, you know, I want to make sure you mention, uh, Sean, you just did a, a great episode of football to the max i'm excited about listening i've yet to listen to it because sean and i always or paul and i always record the raw review during that show uh, but hey at least you know we're happy about one thing on monday night besides raw and that is you know, detroit lions good job just wanted to give them a hand yes. clap tonight so huh. <laughs> being the giant so Different all right well guys we got doing you guys dirty work there huh i know right <laughs> <laughs> matthew stafford is from dallas so that's that's Just true. That out there too. That's true. So, uh, but yeah, guys, I'm really excited about this tribute. I am, you know, once again, really sad that Bobby Heenan is no longer on this earth. I really, really am, and I know you guys are too. This is a really it not. It is a surprise. I'm not going to say it's not a surprise. This really came out of the blue. We knew he was ill. We knew he's been struggling a lot with you know his illness and cancer and everything that is taken this toll on his body um but yet it, it's 
always a shock to hear someone has gone, and especially a guy that we all love and really looked up to and thought a lot of in the world of wrestling. So uh, in doing this tribute, uh, I think it's only fitting that we kind of start out by talking about what Bobby Heenan is most known about, right? And that's managing. He's considered probably the best manager of all time. Even Paul Heyman has said, Heenan is the best. I'm the second best. And so... There you go. I mean, that debate is almost put to bed because of, you know, Paul Heyman himself even says it. So I wanted you guys to to kind of give me some ideas of what you think about his managerial career and things like that. But before we do that, we are going to play a clip and we are going to kind of let this kind of showcase how great of a manager he was. So let's go ahead and do, do that one now. You want to talk to somebody? You talk to me. He's going to do all his talking in the ring. You talk to me. You want to talk about the final chapter? I'll be glad to talk about the final chapter. The final chapter in the life and history and the career of Hulk Hogan. See, because it's over, Hogan. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. You had three good years. You can't laugh at that. You were lucky. You made some money. You got a cartoon. You got some dolls. You rode good. You had it good. But you know you can't beat this man. Toughest man in the world. Nobody can beat this man. You think with all that blonde hair and a bunch of little hulksters out there and behind you, you ripping that T-shirt off and shaking in your pythons, you think you can beat him, dummy? It can't be done by you, ten guys like you, or a hundred people like you. This is the next heavyweight champion of the world. Get ready to swallow it, Hogan. It's all over. Uh, well, yeah, I was about to say, that was a clip. Uh, <laughs> waiting for uh, Gary to come back on here, but uh, I guess... Uh, sorry. Oh, there we go. Trying, yeah, to fix, trying to fix audio issues here. Uh, am I still sounding awful, guys? Are you much better now that reverb's gone? Yeah. Okay. So... I'm sorry about that. Uh, well, you know, you know, this is something that, you know, once again, we have to deal with sometimes these audio issues. Glad it's gone. Uh, but, yes, uh, we got Bobby Heenan uh, here, and this is just a fun clip. I really enjoyed this clip, you know, and I, I think a lot of the different, you know, guys he's basically managed, and it's a ton of guys. I mean, Sean, the roster is is deep when it comes to Bobby Heenan and all the guys that he managed. I mean, this is just one great clip out of all of them that we could have shown, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, they he has so many promos of speaking for someone uh, that uh, the the list is we could have a whole three hour show and it still wouldn't cover uh, all the great promos that he has as a manager speaking at uh, for the various different uh, you know that's why he had the whole Heenan family right he has so many guys that he managed way back from you know he started with. Uh, Macho Man's uh, dad, Angelo Poffo, to, you know, Nick Bockwinkle, uh, to, you know, later on, Andre the Giant in the WWE, uh, Jesse Ventura, every, I mean, this, this man has, has a laundry list of wonderful, and, uh, you know, not, he the the great thing about him is he didn't just manage stars he managed guys in the mid card he managed guys everywhere mm-hmm. and he made them better you remember them because he was their manager yeah some of them are able to you know you know you remember the uh, 
the Andres and the Rick Rudes and the Mr. Perfects and Rick Flares and all that stuff. But there's some guys that they're so kind of under the radar, but you remember them when you say, oh, they're part of the Heenan family. Right. Uh, I mean, you hit really the big ones. Uh, Of course, there's Ric Flair and uh, Mr. Perfect, who uh, is probably the one etched in my mind the most, just because that was still around whenever I got into wrestling. Uh, But you also have, uh, like like Sean mentioned, a lot of other mid-card guys, like, like Haku, like the Barbarian, like Butch Reed, like Big Cat Ernie Ladd, uh, so many, uh, the Olympian Kimpatera, Big John Studd, of course, going into WrestleMania 1 was a big deal, uh, and then, of course, even later on, uh, whenever Ring of Honor first started, they brought him in, and he ended up managing the Second City Saints, uh, Cole Cabana, CM Punk, and all those cats over there, and they brought him back in several times just for appearances like that, so, uh, Lots of really, really cool stuff that he did as a manager. But for me, what made him so great on that part was his ability to not only put his guy over, but to easily uh, basically smack his uh, wrestler's opponent in the face as well as continuing to further the story. Uh, and he's just he's just masterful at that. I think that's what really, really made him stick out in people's minds. Yeah, uh, you guys are right. I mean, it didn't matter really who he was managing. He always brought this just ambiance with him, right? And mm-hmm. he built them up. But not only that, the things that he could do in the ring, you know, and, you know, slip in and slip out, you know, just basically take control of every situation. And he was the, just as much a star as whoever, you know, he was managing. And that means a lot. It says a lot about him. And that's what was so cool. And it, it just was so great also to see him, you know, especially when he was with oh, Gene Oakland, like we heard earlier. Gene Oakland is one of those guys that, you know, he can definitely dish it out just as much as he can take it. And to see those battles between those two as, and just to see, you know, as Bobby Heenan managed guys and talked them up with guys like Gene Okerlund, it was just a treat to watch, man. And it just – it brought something better than just having a guy come out there and talk for himself, even though Mr. Perfect did fine. You know, he – basically do any of the promos he wanted by himself, but yet still having Bobby Heenan there with him, it just brought him to that next level, you know? Um, so that, that's what's so cool about this, and to see what has, you know, come about over the time that he did, the, you know, manage and, you know, really work with several different talents, how he did it, so. We also have the situation where, you know, Bobby Heenan was a wrestler, you know, and it was a short time compared to his managing career, but he did get in the ring and, you know, there were times where they even mentioned it, you know, in some of the promos and things like that. And so uh, we're going to play another clip where Bobby Heenan kind of touches on the fact that he was a wrestler, but it's not his thing. So let's go ahead and play that one now. How do you get yourself in this kind of a mess? A handicap match with Hillbilly Jim and Andre the Giant, two men facing three Big John Stud, King Kong Bundy, and yourself. You aren't. Well, t- nervous, aren't you? No, I'm not nervous. I just want to collect my thoughts and make sure everything I say is understood properly. Because it's obvious the World Wrestling Federation here doesn't listen to me, and they don't care about me. 
Yes, I am a gifted athlete and a wrestler, but I don't particularly care to wrestle, and they know that. The whole thing is between Andre and the Hillbilly and Stutt and Bundy. And just because some goon at seven foot four and 500 pounds and some dumb hick from Mud Lick put their two heads together with an IQ of 10, they want a, me in the ring. They want to get their hands on Stud. They want to pick up that money for a slam. They want to get rid of Bundy because they're jealous of his size and massiveness. And they want to get rid of me because they're jealous of me. My whole life, everybody's been jealous of me. Everybody's been worried about me my whole life. You're They've paranoid. done this to me. They've done this to me. Don't you call me Weasel either, pal. No, I didn't. You, I you said, said you're paranoid. No, you called me Weasel and I heard you. I, I said you're you, trying to weasel no, out of this no, match. No, no, I didn't try to weasel out. I just don't want to have anything to do with this match. I want to sit down that chair. I want to guide my men. I don't want to get in there. I don't want some guy seven foot four putting his dirty, filthy hands on me. I don't want some hillbilly putting his dirty farm hands on me. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And you think it's a handicap because there's two of you against three of us. It's a handicap in your part. Because, Andrew, you were carried out of Maple Leaf Guards in Toronto. And hillbilly Jim... You thought you stole the Manager of the Year award from me and gave it to Albano, and you didn't, because I'm Manager of the Year. And they carried you out of there, too, after that. They carried out Albano, and I'm going to guarantee you something. Thursday, on the 12th of December, they better not bring any ambulances there to the Oakland Coliseum. They better bring some big dumpster trucks where they haul the garbage out, because that's what they're going to carry Andre out of there with and the hillbilly, because Stud and I and Bunny are walking out of there. And don't you call me Weasel. Somebody just call me Weasel here. Somebody's calling me you know, I love that promo. It's just so funny. I, you know, I've probably listened to it like five or six times this afternoon. And the reason I love it is just the descriptive power of Bobby Heenan, right? He talks about, you know, a seven foot four, whatever guy grabbing his throw with his grimy hands and just really being very descriptive and, and basically is honest with everybody and says, I don't want a wrestler, a wrestler. I don't like it. I like managing. That's my thing. And so for him to be dragged into a match, it's something that he despised and you could just hear it and you could feel it, right? You you really believed it. And maybe it was true because, you know, he did like to manage. And I've even heard Triple H uh, after Bobby Heenan's passing say on TMZ, he goes, he didn't want to be a wrestler. He wanted to be a manager. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's right there in, in this promo. Paul, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a cool, uh, you know, like I said, he's a great talker. And that's what he does really well. But it's just interesting how those worlds kind of bled in for him. You know, when he when he got to bigger stages like uh, AWA and uh, the WWF and uh, all that, whenever he was really in the prime of his managing career, this sort of thing got called upon pretty often. Um he, I think he even did this on one of the WrestleManias where it was him and uh, the Islanders against the British Bulldogs. And uh, he came out wearing uh, one of those dog trainer suits. Uh, so that way, if Matilda got him, you know, he, he'd be protected mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's just, he, he was really great. Like I said, just telling stories uh, and, and whether it bled into him actually participating in a match like he did and the one I just mentioned or the one that the promo we just played did uh, yeah he's just he's just so great it's really really hard to put it into words I think what he brought to the table yeah I mean I think he's he's the one that kind of started the whole it's fun to see the manager get his comeuppance Right, of getting the... And then they played into his being called the weasel 
and they put him in the weasel suit. I think the most memorable one is him in uh, Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, it's it's just like really. It, it's one of those like yes, the guy that we hate the most is getting it, and he's he's getting it from our favorite guy. And you know, it's as a fan, you're just watching that, and you get so riled up and. Whatever, I mean, yeah, you, you'd see, you know, Jim Cornette get it, and uh, he probably got it way worse with the scaffold and all that stuff. But just, and he had a way of, before you even got in the building, he was wanting you to, to get it even more because he, he was so good at talking and so just like, stop stalling, stop trying to get out of this. We just want to see you get crushed. Mm-hmm. And that's what was uh, so great about him. He just... He wanted to, no matter what he did, you always wanted to see something happen to him, regardless. Yeah, you know, you're right, and that's because he got under people's skin, because people, you know, would watch him and then hear the things he said, and he was so cutthroat. I mean, everything he said about someone was just so hurtful. Uh, you know, uh, just it's so funny how, you know, I, I remember one of the clips we watched in uh, the. Money Night Raw package is a lady. I don't even know her name. You know, you guys may know her. She was sitting beside him, and she says that her clothes were kind of ragged. And he goes, "Yeah, just like you." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I would, I, I would never say that to a woman. Or uh, just, oh my god! And he was very cutthroat, right? And that pissed fans off. I mean, you know, in today's time, you know, you you may find sometimes wrestlers doing that or managers, but very rarely. He was a pure villain at times but he was a pure entertainer at the same time and i that was what was so great about him and i loved it and it really spoke volumes when those crowds wherever they were would chant weasel and you know you heard in the promo do you call me weasel don't call me we-. you know he didn't want you to call him and so of course what are you going to do you're going to participate like you know fans want to and they called him weasel and of course you know got, got a big reaction out of him I think that was so cool, you know, to, to just to see at that time period how much people despised him and at the same time loved him. It was such a great thing. And, you know, that clip just kind of gave you a taste of it, you know, and to understand really what he brought to the game. And, Paul, you're right. It's hard to really sum this all up in words, right? Because you have a lot of emotions about the guy. You kind of feel a lot of what he's saying. But how can you explain to someone else what, you know, he did right. All mm-hmm. you could say is that just he's amazing. You need to watch him. That's all I can really tell people is you got to watch him. You got to listen to him. I can't really do it justice. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth though. Can it? That's why we're playing clips tonight. If we could do it justice, we would do it ourselves, right? Right. We can't. We've got to play so people can you know get to know this guy if they don't already, and they should mm-hmm. know him. Um, this guy though didn't just start out as a manager, right? I mean, he actually did get in the wrestling ring. This guy did take a little bit of time in his career and try to perfect that part of who he was, right? And that's, you know, sometimes the way the path works. And so I I was kind of looking around online and kind of looking at some things and trying to find clips of him, you know, him wrestling, which I found a few. But I didn't find it as entertaining as if we were to play a promo, uh, basically as him as a wrestler, like, you know, if was Maybe next week he was going to wrestle. So I found this clip, and, and I thought it was kind of cool because you get to see and hear all those he brings to being a manager, but just use it on himself. So let's check this clip out. 
Are you fans in this area well aware of the fact that a young man from down in neighboring Milwaukee, a very impressive athlete in the Olympics, I'm talking about Lorenz Susie, Bobby Heenan, you've got a big smile on your face tonight. Impressive in the Olympics. Who cares about watching a bunch of children wrestle? Who cares about the Olympics? Oh, it's a great thing for the country, but who cares about Laurent the Sissy? That's his name? Laurent Sissy. Can you, you imagine? Nine months they had to come up with another name, and that's the best they could do. Laurent. That's the most important thing they could come up with in nine months. Shows you the mentality of his parents. Of course, he went to the University of Wisconsin, right? In Madison. So, don't take a whole lot to get in there. I guess you have to be able to, the entrance exam, you have to be able to write your name in three different colors of crayon. I could care less your wrestling ability. I could care about your amateur background. You're in the ring now with a professional. I'm going to go behind that man so much, he's going to think he's stuck in a revolving door. I'm going to take him down, take him around, show him the town. I'm going to reverse neck snap his neck. I'm going to dislocate both his shoulders. Then I might just paintbrush him until my hands are swollen shut. Classic stuff from a young Bobby Heenan. Oh, my God. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to go behind him so much, he's going to think he's in a revolving door. <laughs> <laughs> Very young Tom. Gene Okerlund there, too, so that chemistry you can already see he's getting built. Yeah. This uh, on. I mean, this is the stuff we get out of this guy. Even at that young age, I mean, it's it's like he's a natural-born talker, and you just, I don't know, it's so much to see and so much to hear, man. I mean, when you are given the gift like he was, yeah. and it's just, you're going to see it from that age i mean he could have been uh, a comedian if he wanted to he could have been a uh, talk show when he was for wwe later but uh it's, he could be a talk show host he could have been so many different things if he didn't uh make it in wrestling and he just we are blessed as wrestling fans to have been able to see him in so many different roles and yeah just look he didn't cut it as a wrestler but i think in the previous one we talked about, I think that was honest when he said, I didn't want to be a wrestler. I don't think he, he did. He, he, I think he knew what his talent was. And let me use my best talent, which is talking, and try to help other people. And, you know, here he's obviously helping himself in this clip, but he's just so good. He's so good. It's like, just in that clip, there's like about five one-liners, and you're going, people wish they could just come up with one of those lines. Yeah, uh, it's just, I mean, the more clips we play, the more you'll see it. But just that that's what he's really so good. Not only is he very comedic, but the lines he uses to insult you are just so outrageous. Like, you can't help but get a little angry. I mean, if you're the other guy, like he just said you needed only three, be able to write your name in three different colors of crayons to get into this university out in Wisconsin. And I, I mean, I'd be a little pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you go to the school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it, it, once again, I mean, uh, you know, Sean, you were totally right when you were saying this guy could have done anything. This guy could have been an actor. He could have been a comedian for sure, right? I mean, uh, I think what, you know, once again, you hear different people talking about him after his passing. And so many of the people that were around him the most said this guy really was a comedian. It's just the fact that, you know, he decided he loved wrestling. It wasn't about comedy for him. It was about, the you know, what he did in wrestling and how much he enjoyed being around the guys and working and doing all the stuff that he did. So it's just amazing to, 
to see him at that young age have that kind of personality and the charisma and all that stuff. And, you know, once again, I mean, we could have played clips of, you know, Bobby Heenan, you know, you know, won the match, lost the match. But this is really showcasing, you know, how at an early age he could just flow without it any problem and just just be himself that's really what i feel every time i listen to bobby heenan's promos whether it's young or old he's just himself right so um yeah, you, I, you, can't you know card talking stuff. About, you can't script his stuff like that's that's why you know we talk so much about today they have to script so much think about if you try to script him all that stuff that he says you, you just can't yeah, and that's what makes him so great. A lot of that stuff is just him. The first thing pops in his head, "Hey, I said it," and it it somehow it works, and it's like, "Wow, that is that is talent." It's that natural wit that just really gets him through all this. And you know, you're right, Sean. If you were to write all the stuff down, you you let's let's just say that same promo we just listened to. You write it down, and then you 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 show it to anybody, and then try to do that same stuff. It doesn't go over well. It's just somebody else talking. And I think even if you wrote him a whole new script and you handed it to him, it's just not the same. It's not him getting to be him, right? And so that's where you just you, – you love the fact that this guy didn't need all that. He just needed what he was going to say by bullet points or just a, a direction. Hey, we want you to talk about this match with this guy. Deal. Let's do it and go on you know so it just shows his classic and just amazing talent at that and now and it's basically you know from where i'm coming from i'm coming from a guy that didn't watch a lot of those classic moments i really didn't i'm i have learned over time through watching youtube through watching the WWE network more about bobby heenan and saying that i did start off by knowing him as a commentator that was my first really interaction with this guy and and my first inter- interaction as commentator for him, with him is WCW. I, I used to love watching him and Shivani and their work. And still to this day, I mean, I, I have to say they're two of my favorites. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, I, I kind of look back at some of the history and kind of seeing what I liked about it. And they had some great moments. But one of the funnier and just kind of fun moments to watch was this moment that he had. And this is, of course, during the NWO heyday where NWO took over everything, right? And the NWO had taken over their own announce booth and you had Shivani and Tanay and Heenan all on one side and then, of course, NWO with Bischoff on the other. They had a big pay-per-view match to see who would prevail. And Bobby Heenan turned on, on his guys and went over there and started sucking up to Bischoff off right because nwo controlled everything and then they lost the match guess what Tanay and shabani get to roll the host and basically be the broadcast team so we have bobby heenan coming back and pretending like he was with them all along and, and this is just so funny to hear their interaction with him and him basically almost be that weasel that we keep hearing he is let's check that out and listen to that clip beginning our second hour of what has been a very exciting program. It's going to be Mike Tanay, a two-man broadcast team because of the actions. What, what do you want? What do you mean, what do I want? What, what are you doing here? I mean, after last week, it's very apparent to Mike Tanay, to me, to the world, 
whose side you're on, the loser's side. No, you don't understand something. While you sat out here and you sat out here and everybody sat out here and they dimmed the lights, they tore down the set, they beat up people, they used ball bats, they did whatever they wanted to, no one did anything. I'm the only one, I'm, the, I'm talking to you, I'm the only one that bit the bullet. I'm the one that ran into the fiery house and rescued the cats. Somebody had to take charge here. You didn't help me, you didn't help me, nobody helped me. So I did this hey, for you, WCW. Hold on, you're trying to say you did this for all of us? You, For the first time in your life, you didn't do something for your own hide? No, I went into their pit. I went into their fiery den. I sacrificed myself for WCW and the tradition of professional wrestling. And all I expect is to be greeted with open arms. You mean tonight? Thank you, Tony. Good idea. Holy Moses. Be kidding. You are the weasel. You just walk back in here. Now you're a part of WCW. Thank you. Roll it. You have no idea where we're going, do you? Doesn't matter. I'm back on Nitro. You're back on Nitro. And I'm back home. They say you can't go home. I've come back home. I'm home again. And it feels good to be home. So no one could come back and, and do what that guy just did. I, uh, you know, Bobby Heenan comes back like, I never left you guys. No, what are you talking about? about there's never a problem it, th so this is what's so fun uh, about that interaction between Shivani and Heenan is because they always had that polar opposite situation Shivani always just a straight laced guy and Heenan always that guy that was going to color outside the lines and and uh, it was just it, that was just one of those special moments. There's plenty of other clips we could have played, a lot of other funny ones, but I just love that moment that those guys had right there. And just to see just right there in your face of how they worked well together. And just once again, I mean, this guy as a commentator did so many great things on, you know, the headset and just really gave us a ton. Right. I and mean, he did an excellent job managing all the stuff we talked about. He was a wrestler at one point. But really, the commentating booth, Sean, was one of the big places we knew him from as well. Oh, Yeah. Uh, it's for me. It uh, it was the commentating booth where I really got to know who he was. You know, I, I saw him as a manager as well, going back and watching old stuff. But he just as a commentator, that's where you really got to see the quick wit and all the stuff that he he would just come up with. Uh, the catchphrases that would later become uh, the stuff of. Like the people try to have catchphrases based off of what he said, and it still can't be replicated. You know the the humanoids and the just so the simplest humanoids became this big old deal uh, with him and the. Uh, I never really heard anybody call anybody a ham and egger until <laughs> he said it. You know, and it's like all right, that it works and. Uh, of course, uh, his best pairing was with uh, Gorilla Monsoon, which uh, they went on to be paired uh, for, you know, the, the show, the prime times and, and other stuff, too. Uh, not just on commentary, which made those shows even more awesome as well. For uh, for me, like I, I got into wrestling in 93 and Flair was still around then with with Mr. Perfect. So. I originally got to know Bobby as a manager when I was very young, but uh, he was also still doing commentary. He was one of the first commentators. Uh, he was in the first team for, for Monday Night Raw uh, when it first launched, and uh, I can remember him and Vince having their usual 
play because they also did commentary together. Uh, I believe uh, I want to say it's Superstars, but I know that's not right. Um, but they they called a lot of stuff together. Uh, the the clip we just played, I can still visualize all that, especially the end whenever Bobby tells him to roll it. I can literally still see him spinning his hand around telling him to roll it and looking just absolutely confused about where he is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. Uh, but WCW, he's great there, too. Uh, a lot of the pay-per-views were called by Shivani and Heenan and uh, Dusty Rhodes in 96 as well as 95 and somewhat into 97. And Dusty tried to sort of replicate what he had with Gorilla with the whole will you stop and all of that, but... Uh, it was still equal. Well, it wasn't equally. It was still just as enjoyable. It just you know wasn't on that next level. But uh, they were great together. And then uh, one more thing here. Uh, I mentioned this on our raw review too. But there's there's a clip clip of Heenan and Shivani calling a match on WCW Worldwide that involves Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Tony Shivani uh, talking down all of Hacksaw's accomplishments. Talks about how. Uh, he found him to be a very intelligent person, and Bobby Heenan then spends the rest of the squash match laughing while Shivani's still trying to do commentary. It, it is absolutely one of the most hysterical things I've ever listened to in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there on YouTube. You guys have to go watch it. It's it's so great. Uh, it, it's just tastes, a little tiny tastes of what Heenan brought to the table. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I laughed and laughed and uh you know you mentioned that on the raw review and i went back and watched it again i it's just classic it, it almost <laughs> made the cut here tonight the, the only reason i didn't was because it's almost like if you don't listen to the whole thing then you don't get everything you should get out of it I, yeah. it's just too funny as it goes on and i we we have a little bit longer clips here tonight, but we're not using five minute clips just because you know time and all that stuff so definitely Paul just told you a great clip. Go ch- check it out. All you got to do is go search out uh, Heenan laughs at Jim Duggan. And you find that easily once you go and do that on YouTube. So that's one. Uh, another one I'll mention is uh, look up Vin- uh, Heenan cracks up Vince McMahon. <laughs> and that is a clip of them working on a show together. Uh, what was the name of the show? I cannot remember. Do you know Paul or Sean? Um but nevertheless, go look up that clip because it's kind of funny because Vince McMahon, you know, usually a guy that keeps it together couldn't keep it together uh, because he's reading this whole, whole little letter from a lady and she's saying her husband has a six-inch scar on his face and she doesn't find him sexually attractive anymore because of it. It's the blah, blah, blah. And I love Heenan's reaction because he's just staring at Vince and Vince is kind of cracking up and, and Heenan's just looking at him and I think that's why it made Vince laugh. And Heenan said, if this lady writes the way she writes, she probably doesn't look too great in the first place, and she should be lucky that he's at least got a six-inch scar, probably not what he has down below. Something some to that effect. <laughs> so it was just like, wow. Wow. I'm not giving it justice. You, you guys need to go search it out. Vince cracks up to the Heenan or whatever. Search that on YouTube as well. So you're not going to want to miss that. That 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 I was going to play tonight, but the quality is kind of bad. So just try to go check it on yourself. Um, there's lots of comedy when you talk about Bobby Heenan. That's been kind of the theme throughout what we've been talking about tonight. So we definitely need to talk about primetime. 
the show with Heenan and, uh, of course, Gorilla Monsoon. Those two guys just work so well together. It just Once again, YouTube has so many great video clips of those guys going into the woods together. And, you know, Gorilla's dropping banana peels throughout the woods for trail. You have them on a boat <laughs> that they shouldn't be on in, in an Italian restaurant or some kind of restaurant. It's just so many great things. I wanted to play one clip, though, because one of the bigger things on primetime was Bobby Heenan using the phone to talk to his secretary and gorilla hated it right gorilla oh god not this again this whole stupid thing because he knew he was pretending so listen to this clip it's just a quick moment to really understand what these two guys are all about please answer i know wow. you're on there unbelievable happenings to in toronto cnn something i want you to do what i said there's something i want you to do hello we're on the air here are you having a problem or something yes i'm having a problem I can hear Miss Betty, my secretary, but I can't. She don't hear me. Oh, you want to? You actually want to talk to somebody? What do you on think I've been dialing for? Of course, I want to talk to her. Hello. Why don't you try can this? You hear this? You want to talk to somebody? You have to put this inside the telephone. You want to? Never ceases to amaze me the intelligence of Bobby the Brain. He <laughs> Look at that. Someone's been messing it's with my phone here unbelievable. now. Unbelievable. This is the cheapest phone I've ever seen in my oh, life. Real. Now wait a minute. Can I get a decent <laughs> phone? Here's not a lot to ask. You hello, hello. <laughs> well, somebody give me a decent phone. That's all I ask. Now I've got to put this thing together. Uh, the Russo brothers' fantastic victory over the Dream Team. The Don't telephone with a big victory over Bobby the Brain Heenan. Plenty, plenty more still to come this week, rest of fans. Let's take a look at the WWF on tour. You, what you couldn't see there, of course, you know, you're listening to an audio podcast, right? But if you watch the video of this clip, it's just too funny because you got Heenan pretending I was on the phone the whole time. And then, you know, girl is like, hey, uh, you need this on the other, you know, you need to put this little end, right? You know, the little old phones that they used to have. You used to have to actually, the connection, the cord. Yeah, the old phone, phone. you used to have to actually put the thing in there yeah. in order to be able to hear the other person on the other side. I know my grandma had one of those phones. I was like, how the hell does this work? <laughs> and she, she was like, yeah, you have to put the the part of the receiver so you can hear them. And I was like, oh, okay. And then subsequently, like, my dad found out that she still had that phone. And he's, he, like, I think, like, uh, the next time I came, he made sure that she had more of an updated yeah. phone. But it's just like, wow. You can't believe those things exist, you know, when... When we're kids, but that's that's the crazy thing of it's. What's funny is he really has to do that, but he's he's really not on the phone either. So uh huh. Uh, I mean, did they have a a whole YouTube? It's like a twenty five minute clip, I think, or something like that. Just those jokes about him being on the phone. Uh, so I mean, it, it was a big part of primetime wrestling. Uh, or that show primetime. Uh, and I just, I loved it because there was so much of that back and forth. You guys just mentioned a while ago, Gorilla and Heenan just had that chemistry. They were that yin and yang, but they worked so well together and they were so funny and did such a great job in all their video packages. And of course them doing their thing about, you know, talking about wrestling. I, I just love it. And so, I mean, we not only get Bobby Heenan as a commentator, but he's a great show host and he, he just brings out all those great moments that you'll love when it comes to working and entertaining people. I mean, Paul, I, I just there's too many clips to play when it comes to just a prime time by itself. Prime time is probably the greatest example 
Uh, not only just for him and, and Gorilla's chemistry that they have together, but they do they do so many bits on that show that it became so successful that they gave Bobby Heenan his own spinoff talk show called The Bobby Heenan Show, which is it's the most ludicrous thing you'll ever watch in your life, and uh, you will question whether it, it's real or not, uh, and this actually aired on television, so... <laughs> uh, wow. The phone stuff is is just brilliant, and that, that bit he just played for you, there's so much physical comedy involved, because Bobby doesn't... He's like he he's playing up that he doesn't even know how to put the phone back together because the little receiver parts screw on and off, and he's trying to put it back together, and it literally just falls apart in his hand. <laughs> <It's> so brilliant. <laughs> uh, they they do so many others. There's uh, there's a bit in the lead up to WrestleMania three where uh, Bobby is uh, trying to show Gorilla where Andre the Giant's uh, secret training gym is. And he ends up walking him through this forest, uh, and just their interactions with each other uh, about gr- just Gorilla constantly being more and more annoyed that they're walking through this forest, seemingly going nowhere, uh, while Bobby's like, trust me, just just trust me, we're going the right way, I promise you. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> oh, man. That is, uh, uh, now I feel like I need to sit here for two hours and watch all the Wonderful quotes. Yeah. To get a, yeah. If if you need laughter, just go watch some of the primetime stuff. It's uh, it's all awesome. you can watch on the network too. You can. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and that'll be my next thing. I'll probably be doing in an afternoon, just sitting down and watching all these great clips because there there, there are so many that I had forgotten about or I've not discovered yet. To be honest with you guys. And so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I can't wait to get more. I'm already hooked, and it's it's been a while. So, you know, those are some great, great moments when it comes to prime time that we're kind of discussing. And, and there's so many other great, you know, moments when it comes to his comedy and different things. And, I mean, there's also those big moments that you just tie in with Bobby Heenan, Ryan. Right. And one of the biggest moments that I think a lot of people will definitely mention, and it was kind of funny. I was talking to Paul and Sean before we, you know, we started the podcast earlier today, and we were kind of discussing what we we're going to do tonight. And the first thing that both guys told me was, you got to do Royal Rumble 92. If you're talking Bobby Heenan, you've got to have that. So what we're going to do is we're going to play that clip really quick, and I'm going to let these guys tell you why it was so important, why it was such a big moment for Bobby Heenan. So let's do that now.
Yes, there you go. And man, those are definitely one of the most classic moments in history. And you gotta love it because Bobby Heenan is just going, and he is on his game right there. And Paul, I mean, you were really wanting to hear this. You said you couldn't play anything else. You got to play Royal Rumble '92. This was a this was a toss up for me between this or uh, Gorilla throwing Bobby Heenan out of Monday Night Raw whenever he left the WWF in 1993, uh, and th- this is based. Well, first off, Wrestling Unwrapped has covered um, the Royal Rumble 1992 show, which you should totally go listen. It's a great listen. Uh, if you if you're looking for shorthand, real quick here. Uh, Bobby Heenan got behind Ric Flair as the real world champion whenever he left WCW in 91 and came over with uh, their championship belt and everything. And uh, he... uh, I don't know how you could describe this announced job that he does on this show. Like, the stars lined up, fate smiled kindly upon Bobby Heenan and all this build-up into Ric Flair winning the WWF World title in the Royal Rumble after it was declared vacant. And just, uh, if we could play 60 minutes of commentary, we would. Because <laughs> it's just so perfect, right? I mean, the, you have the whole fair to flare bit. You have him <clears throat> losing his mind every time Ric Flair is on the verge of elimination and then joyously leaping up and down at times. Uh, at least it feels like whenever Flair does eliminate somebody. And then that little ending moment in that last clip when he wins and him legitimately probably marking out just as hard as so many other people in that building were it's ju- it's it's just so priceless yeah the uh we we didn't play the fair to flare bit in there but that's probably the one that i think a lot of people remember is the mm-hmm. it's not fair to flare, flare. <laughs> just, yeah, just, but i mean even the the uh of course you know the promo that flare cuts when he wins and he has a part of that it's uh, is also very iconic as well, but this Heenan was, it's probably one of the, one of the most memorable commentary for a World Rumble ever, if not one of the most, the World Rumble, that World Rumble itself is, is probably one of the greatest ever anyway, but it's just, he, uh, it, I think Paul said everything there, but it's just really, it's one of those where you're just like, Wow, you ran the gamut of emotions, and you feel it with him every. Uh, even if you hated Flair, there's like just a. There's no way that you can't at some point feel something, whether it's telling Bobby Heenan to shut up, or just feeling every moment that he's going through, and experiencing that yourself, and going, "Wow, that's that's one guy that was just there." from the word go until the moment it ended and he was just as happy it was over with flair winning as anybody else and it's just uh it's it's so awesome definitely and, and you know oh, Rick, i mean i mean rick flair and that whole thing and like you said sean and, and the interaction that him and bobby heenan have it is it's, it's it's almost gold right alone. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I watched uh, later on, on in WCW when Heenan had already retired and they were trying to convince him to come and join up with him and Arn Anderson and, uh, you know, of course, Four Horsemen, all that kind of stuff. And it, it was just so fun 
funny to see Heenan and the way he interacted with him, and it's just it was golden. So I, I, there are so many other moments. I mean, out there with Bobby Heenan that you just got to sit back and just say, "Wow, that was a classic moment." I mean, how can you you know forget about that one? That one was this one, and but it, the list just goes on and on. We could probably sit here for forty five minutes more and talk more and more and more about different moments. But overall, we've got to say that Bobby Heenan was probably one of the most well-rounded guys that wrestling has ever seen. In my point of view, I mean, sure. I mean, he could have been a better wrestler. He probably could have went out there and been a world and that kind of stuff. And then, of course, added on these other things like being a commentator, being a manager. But, I mean, overall, there was very little this guy couldn't do, right? I mean, he was an entertainer. He did wrestle. He, he gave you the you know information that you wanted at the same time as making you laugh and just doing it all just to the best you know so any last comments that you guys wanted to share anything else that you want to kind of say before we you know kind of end this part of the segment well uh go ahead Sean uh you know. I think we kind of knew this was coming after the multiple scares that have been happening over the years. And then he did, he'd fall and something would break and he'd have the report that things don't look good and whatever. So, uh, just if the wrestling world lost, uh, you know, I think people throw the word legend around a lot, you know, or they throw around the word, the the, the word great gets thrown around. A lot, and uh, this guy is is truly the greatest uh, manager that there's ever been. Uh, just listening to him, watch him, he will make you long for the days when managers were a thing, um, because he is so uh, wonderful at it, and shows you that there is a reason why they should exist, and and also just. The commentators that we have now, you know, we have we're we're blessed to have Corey Graves, and uh, he is great in his own right. Uh, but that those years of commentators, I think uh, there's something special about many of them. But Heenan is is one of a kind as far as he could he could smack talk with Gorilla or whoever's there. Uh, but he's also sort of putting the guy over in the, the same uh, vein. He started the whole – he really was the guy that kind of just pushed the whole, okay, if I'm going to be a heel commentator, I'm going to push that being the heel commentator until you hate me just sitting here. Um, but, you know, just – in all the stuff that we played, he, we showed you all the facets of his career and, and just his facets of his character – how how crazy he could be, how funny he could be, how he could make you feel so different, many different emotions, and that that's a that takes true like knowing what you're doing, and true talent, true passion for for what you're doing, and then just using the the God given ability that you have to. 
to bless wrestling with that because, like I said earlier, he could have done – you know, in the 70s, it was all about being on the couch with Carson. I don't think anybody would have been able to be on the couch with Carson because he would have been on every night, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, he's that good. So it's just uh, – it it's uh, – I'm sad because – um, even though he wasn't what he was, you know, in the, those last years, obviously the throat, the the tongue cancer and everything affected him, and and all that stuff. It was still, it's still awesome. He got to go in the Hall of Fame while he's living, and and you know he died around his family, which he he loved a lot. So, uh, Bobby Heenan was such a talented talker that fate decided that he was too good and gave him throat cancer. That that has been my opinion for a very long time. Uh, he had a very public battle with it. He had to have his jaw reconstructed. Uh, it, when when you're that good, that fate has to intervene and say you're too good. I I think you absolutely deserve the term legend. Yeah, I think that's the truth. You know. Bobby Heenan gave me so much as a wrestling fan. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, as a young kid sitting in the the house, turning over to Monday Night Nitro and really not having any expectations coming in, not really caring to sit there and watch, just flipped it over to see what this is about. And the way that this guy brought me in and kind of said, hey, this is a safe place. This is hey, come be. You're hanging out with me, kid. That's kind of the way I felt as I watched it every Monday night, and I, I kind of loved that back and forth that him and Shivani had, and it helped me grasp on to wrestling and start watching it more, and to start paying attention to talent, and it started getting you know, getting behind some of those guys like Sting and Goldberg as I watched Nitro, and it got me so interested. I turned over to another program called Monday Night Raw. And that's how much that this guy really did have a impact on me watching wrestling. I mean, I don't know if you got a couple bland commentators over there on WCW that I stick around and watch. I mean, they had to hook me somehow. And I really do to this day still say that that commentating team really kept me around, even when some of the product was not so grand, right? And so I, saying that, this is... My uncle wrestling is what I kind of always called Bobby Heenan, my personal. I know it's going to sound silly to everybody else, but he kind of felt like that uncle that you had that would watch wrestling with you, show you a dirty magazine every once in a while. You're not supposed to see it, right? And at the same time, joke with you and then get on to you when you're doing something stupid. And that's the way, Bobby, he he felt that real to me, like as if he was a part of my family. And, you know, I'm sad as if he was a part of my family today. And I really hate to hear that he is gone and he has left this world. But he left so much behind. And I'm so grateful that we can relive those moments anytime we want because those moments are special and they are something that will live on forever. So... The, you know, it sounded kind of hard to end these things, but we're going to continue our celebration tonight of Bobby the Brain Heenan, and we have another clip we're saving towards the end of the show. So you need to stick around because it's going to be something that you're going to want to hear. It was towards the end of his life. Well, not really towards, but you you could see as he was graduating from, you know, being able to speak normal to starting to have problems. And at the same time, it was still gold, no matter if his speech was a little impeded. 
and you, you're going to want to hear this. So, uh, But now we are going to move on from here, and uh, we are going to talk about a few big, quick hits here that you know really need to be talked about because these are some things that I think a lot of people are going to hear about. So let's do quick hits next. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right, guys. Well, let's start off by talking a little bit about Global Force Wrestling. Now, we told you on our last episode that there was some, you know, some good things going on in Global Force, and we don't know what's going to happen in the future and all that stuff. Well, what we're going to say tonight is that is becoming more reality. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is because recently it was announced that we are possibly going to be going back to impact wrestling and no longer be called you know global force wrestling the reason we are saying that though is because bound for glory is going to be taking place in ottawa canada this year right and josh matthews said well impact wrestling is going to be the name of what's going to be you know presented impact wrestling presents to you of course bound for glory and he even alluded to who knows after that so there could be the possibility that that Global Force Wrestling tag is going to be taken away. And that speaks volumes because Jeff Jarrett owns it. Does this mean that Jeff uh, Jarrett is... I know. Is he taking more than a sabbatical, Sean? Is he gone from this company? Who cares what this show is called? Can we just <laughs> name it one thing and leave it alone, for God's sakes? I mean, seriously... Like, it's a name, guys. You went through the whole process of taking Impact Wrestling away, except for in the name of the show, because that's what that show's called. The name of the company is now GFW, all this stuff. It's supposed to be so we can take the name of TNA away, so we take the name of Impact away. And then, oh, Jeff Jarrett's gone, so I guess he takes that with him so it can go mean some more garbage and impact comes back and people don't care i mean it's just look i get it uh maybe this means jared's done and uh they they have a new booking team and all this kind of stuff but it's just <sighs> really i don't think that this changing the name is going to do anything again I think it, it paints a picture of what we've seen realistically from this promotion in just the last year because we can't ever seem to shut up about it because they either keep changing the name and all these things change with it. Uh, and, and let's be fair, whenever they did change to Global Force Wrestling, you could see a very presentable change on television every week. Uh, to now switching back to a model that is going to be very different because one Jeff Jarrett's not going to be at the helm anymore because they never finished or finalized any of the merger deals from Global Force Wrestling into Impact Wrestling so that's part of the reason why they're doing this and the other I you know this leans more towards me saying that Jeff Jarrett is actually done like they don't plan on him coming back um and if they do then it they're seeing it as a long shot because Josh Matthews also says that the new streaming service that they're going to open, that name could change. Like, it might not be the Global Force Network anymore. Uh, and after they did so much work in the changeover, they have to undo all of that and try again. 
very, very quickly after redoing it just earlier this year. Like it's when is too much considered enough to finally either put this place to bed or just realize that you are what you're going to be. And that that's it. Right. I, I, it just, it, it, it's a, it's like watching a soap opera, except you want to turn the channel and you can't. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Oh, you have to talk about this. Uh, Really? Uh, Siri. Okay. Okay. You know, it really is. And, you know, the one thing I'll say is, you know, being inconsistent is never a good thing. No matter what you're talking about, whether it be a restaurant, like you change your menu every five weeks, people are going to stop coming to the restaurant because they're going to be like, I love that bologna sandwich that had all this awesome stuff on it. And now it's like, oh, what did you change it to? Oh, we only give you just regular bologna sandwiches. Well, that's so appropriate for them. They are a bologna sandwich. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not like, you know, you're getting this, like, really cool hamburger like you would get. And, you know, down here in the south, we have this place called Whataburger, right? And they offer all these special hamburgers and chicken sandwiches and things like that. They're really special. And then every once in a while, they'll take one away, and it breaks your heart. And you're just like, come on, guys, that was my favorite one. But they change it. But at least it's every once in a while, like every blue moon. It's not like every two weeks you go there and it's like, oh, we don't have that anymore. But we'll have it in two weeks. You know, that that's, <laughs> it makes no sense, right? So that's the problem here. You can't be inconsistent. Just like if I was parenting my child inconsistently, it could be a hellion. You just... Uh, it offers no one anything good. So the one thing I want to offer, Impact Wrestling. Well, at least they are consistently inconsistent. Yeah, there you go. The, the one thing I'm going to offer them, though, Sean, tonight is I'm going to give them some free advice. They can pay me later. Okay. When you name this network, just forget the Global Force Network thing. Even if Jeff Jarrett stays and gives you kisses and all that, stay here and just call it the Dixieland Network. <laughs> You, you, you've already got that. I'm sure it can be trademarked very easily. Not only that, you've got like 6,000 T-shirts in the warehouse that has never been gotten rid of, right? So you just give out the Dixieland shirts for free at Universal, <laughs> and people will come by the network, right? So I'm just yeah. trying to help them. Help them inventory. So Don West just out there like, hey, please come pick up this free shirt of somebody that doesn't work for us anymore, please. Yeah. Uh, you can you can wash your car with them. It's really works really great. <laughs> <laughs> or wipe your butt with them. It don't matter. It's as long as it, it works. Uh, oh, yeah. it, you know, this is just, it's sad. Well, well, Sean, it's really sad, but get this too, okay? So we've already entered this realm of Jim Cornette is brand new to the company. And guess what? He's your guy. He's the general manager of Global Force. And now he's no longer going to be there. That's right. He's gone. Well, it, it's uh, okay. <sighs> this this whole thing. So basically, GFW is just going to go back to the way it was, where they're going to supposedly focus on the wrestling. Guess what? There's like a zillion other companies that focus on the wrestling. So you're just going to be one of the companies. I mean, they were one of the companies anyway, but it's just like. Okay, like I I don't know. I, I think they're almost in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, right? It, I mean, you're you're either WWE light 
or your ROH light at this point. So, yeah, be, be one or the other. See, the interesting thing with TNA, though, was that they had, I guess from the start, wanted to be the in-between of both. And, and to, for a while, I would say they were pretty successful with it. Because um, you have people who really enjoy the entertainment aspect so much that they, they could really care less what's happening in the ring. You have people who only care about what's happening in the ring, Ring of Honor. And then for a long time, you had TNA, which very much played a middle ground of great action with some storytelling involved that bordered on good and very bad, uh, admittedly, for pretty much all of their lifetime. <laughs> uh <laughs> The, this deal with Jim Cornette was supposedly supposed to be very short, and it was supposed to end with, at least according to Jeff Jarrett and, and what's come out, as painting Anthem as a bunch of good guys coming in and fixing stuff, uh, with, with Cornette sort of, I guess, spearheading that, or doing his thing and then coming back with um, having... Uh, Bruce Pitcher come in and sort of be a bad guy and all this stuff. I, whether that happens now or not, I guess it's sort of up in the air, but the fun part about this too is that Cornette can't even go to Canada because he's been stopped at the border so many times since 2010 for uh, his record for uh, his, his criminal record because he has a bunch of assaults on there from way back in the day when he used to get assaulted by fans uh, for doing his job and getting into fights that way, so... It's a very interesting thing, just just from that end alone, of how crazy this entire situation has spun out into. It really has. And, you know, once again, I mean, they, they bring something that's really fun because, you know, we haven't seen Jim Cornette around in, you know, a minute. And you kind of think to yourself, okay, this could work, and you're watching him on TV now. And then you're hearing, oh, well, he's no longer going to be there, but yet he's still on your TV. So I guarantee you for, I don't know how long the tapings are, but for a little while here, we're still going to have him around even though we know he's not there. Mm -hmm. So that's another problem that I have with this whole thing. And I I don't understand a a lot of what they do or why they do it. But, I mean, I think Jim Cornette had some, you know, help to that show. I've kind of enjoyed having him. He's, you know, kind of... A cuckoo at times, but I still love him. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just think it's kind of one of those situations where, like Sean, you were mentioning earlier, everybody has wrestling-based shows. I mean, really, you know, we, we've got that. We understand that. Heck, we, we've got so many streaming services. We can watch indie wrestling all we want and get that. I, I just don't know how this does them any favors. I really, really don't. And Jim Cornette, I mean, he's not exactly the savior to that show, but I think he added something to it, and having him around really was, to me, a more positive than negative. But who knows? I don't get to make those decisions. And if I did, well, then I think we'd all uh, get a chance to see something even more ridiculous. So, <laughs> Trust me, I'm not the savior when it comes to wrestling. Uh, But let's talk about something that I'm so glad about and something that makes me very happy because it's, of course, something that's from WCW. Uh, And that is Starcade. Well, 
we've got news. They are going to be bringing Starcade back. That's right. WWE has decided it is going to be a SmackDown show. It'll be something special, probably uh, because it'll be around November 25th, actually. And they're looking to maybe make this a network special because they're going to have a pretty decent card here. Uh, they're going to have the Hardy Boys, of course, come because it's in Greensboro, North Carolina. And they're going to have a double steel cage match for the WB title and the SmackDown women's title. So there's some great things there. This hopefully for the WB, what they're wanting is to create this giant buzz around Thanksgiving and, of course, Sean's birthday. Uh, those are two things that they're taking in consideration here. And, you know, really getting excited <laughs> about this. So, Sean, happy birthday early. You're going to get Starcade right around the time your birthday is here. Yeah, I'm not a, I, I was not a, a WCW fan at all. So, I, you know, it's cool. I, I think this is really cool that they're doing this. I hope it is a network special. I think it would be a waste to have Greensboro Coliseum come out and announce a card like that really early. And then nobody else is going to get to see it with people in Greensboro. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you're even going to have the Hardys show up and all that, this has got to tell me you're doing this as a network special. I mean, come on. Come on now. At like, it, what, people are going to go travel to Greensboro uh, to go watch this? Uh, I, 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 this is awesome. A, a double steel cage main event, all this stuff, like they're making it seem like this old school thing. Mm-hmm. Uh the logo even all that so uh, i did like cody rhodes uh taking a shot at michael hayes uh telling him that you know gold does seem to be on the card though if you're gonna take uh one of dusty's pay-per-views but hey maybe he'll show up michael hayes fired back with maybe you want to show up and tag with him on this show question mark question mark question mark so who knows (laughs) Uh, that would be amazing. I, it would be amazing. Imagine the pop too; it'd be incredible. Yeah. Uh, the the double steel cage main event. Uh, you have Shinsuke and Jinder for the WWE title in the steel cage, and you also have. Uh, oh boy, that's still going on. Yeah, at least so far as what's been announced, and you also have Charlotte and Natalia uh, in the other steel cage match. So this is after. <laughs> this is after uh, Hell in a Cell, and it's not like card isn't subject to change or anything like that, but, you know, maybe that might paint a picture of what you see. I, I'm with you, though. I hope this is a network special. This could be really cool. If it does well enough, maybe we get Starcade yearly again, which is has such a big history to it. And the, even the, the logo they made is a throwback to the original one, which I, I thought was very, very cool. It's a very nice touch, and... I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I know it's probably not going to be as massive as people want it to be, especially for WCW fans who who live for Starcade. But you know, it, it's still kind of cool. That it gets this acknowledgement that it was a big deal uh, back in the day, as far as what WWE said on its press release. Yeah, and it brings back a, a you know some fond memories of really kind of going back and watching some of these Starcades, and you know I didn't see a lot of them. Uh, like I said, I kind of came into WCW, and then you know before uh, or actually after a lot of some of those classic Starcade stuff. But going back and of course being a WCW fan, I definitely checked them out and just thought, wow, this is cool. I like this pay per view, and I like the idea and. To see now that we're going to get one of those WCW classics back in the rotation, 
very happy about that. You know, and it's one of those that it gives me hope. Maybe one day we'll get war games. One day, maybe. So I think we can keep dreaming on that one. Come on, Sean. You're breaking my heart here. Come on. <laughs> Vince is going to be I, in the ground before that happens, buddy. Okay. Yeah, I just think it's it may be a little bit too difficult for them to pull off now with the. Well, they got WrestleMania. Like they got they got giant stadiums. Come on, they can't. So. Could you imagine that at WrestleMania though? That'd be cool. Like, wow, that would be amazing. WCW camping uh, out in their biggest show. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I agree though. Vince would have to be in the grave. Mm-hmm. So, I'm off. good. So, there's a chance. And <laughs> I, 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 I think like, you have I, a better chance of the triple cage coming back before the. I know, but you still, you're saying that there is not there is not a chance. And not only that, I only have to wait another 25 years. Heck yeah. Hopefully, I'll still be alive. <laughs> we might be uh, dead and in the ground before that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So. Anyway, well, you know, hopes and dreams are dashed, you know, and sometimes that happens. But, I mean, if you're a Paige fan and you watch WWE programming, you're probably still waiting around for her to come back. Well, maybe some of your dreams may not be dashed. Who knows? We're still waiting to see. But at least here's something positive for you. She took a a photo outside of the Performance Center and put on Instagram, it's good to be back. What What do you take out of that, Paul? I, you know, I don't know how close uh, she is to actually returning or anything like that, but she's at the Performance Center and, and either working out or, or maybe starting to take some bumps again. That's good news. I mostly put this in here because I wanted to ask you guys where you think she might end up whenever they do bring her back on screen. Uh, well, with Oscar pretty much set to come to Raw now, uh... I feel like SmackDown could use somebody if they want to send her over there and forget that she was a raw person. Mm-hmm. I think she works on either brand, really. Uh, but uh, I, I could see them. I could also see them just putting her back on Raw because they did give SmackDown quite a few uh, new people recently. So. I just feel like we've talked about, I don't know how many headlines I've made of Paige returning soon in the last, like, six months. So I hope this one's actually happening, because I feel like we keep <laughs> lying to the people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really kind of hard to tell, you know, if she's even going to be back, but if she does come back, I mean, trying to think what they could do for her, I mean... Uh, let's see. The Mexicals are no longer around. Um, uh, <laughs> I really I just, hope that she has no intentions of thinking about going to GFW at this or whatever the hell they're called today. Uh, because, you know, that company still seems like you don't know what the hell it's going to be doing. So, hey, at least they're having women's wrestling over there in WWE, whether it's not always good or not. Yeah, I mean that's true. Um, you know, it's really hard. I, I just, I kind of see this as a situation when she just rides her contract out still, and then does either join GF or Impact or whatever the heck they call it now, and uh, or uh, go somewhere else on the indie circuit because I just don't know. I, I just don't see her being a fit anywhere now. So, 
I think she could work on either show, like Sean was saying, uh, depending on her return time. Like, say, Asuka's ruling the roost over there on Raw. You need a big, fresh match. Here comes Paige. If you want another body on SmackDown, Paige would be great at that, whether it's a face or a heel. Uh, she's still got the star power, you know, and she <laughs> still has a, a following, whether that's turned into almost a sideshow at this point, it's still a following. Uh, they took her off Total Divas because they don't want to have to cover her crap with, you know, Patron, which that's something else entirely. But she's still going to sell merch because she has a certain audience. Uh, the the whole goth appeal is always there. She appeals to so, so many different girls and women that, you know, like uh, when she was on Total Divas, she had so many different girls that would come up to her and say, like, you made me do this. You inspired me to do that. So I think she still has that. And I, and I still say that the movie or not the movie, I think there's a story to be told there of if she can get back to the top and overcome all this personal crap, there's something there mm-hmm. uh, for them if they want to go that route. You know, but that that's on WWE. If for me, if I don't think you bring her back, you don't have to bring her back at all, right? You could just have her appear at the premiere, do a little interview with her, and then not ever have her on TV at all. If you're having her on TV, it's because you're you're wanting to do something with her. Mm-hmm. So they must have plans with her if they're going to bring her back. Yeah, and you know, I think the biggest fear for me, and, and the reason I'm not as optimistic, is because of the fact that how much can you trust her? Like, do you really figure that she'll come and she'll play nice and that she'll be a good camper and not go out there and break wellness? Go out there and really treat people right behind the scenes and even do some things that are, you know, that she needs to do in the public realm, like on social media. Is she going to keep to all the rules? Can she do that? Especially, with, you know, who her fiance is. And it, it just, it's hard to see that coming to, to light. I hope it does. I hope she becomes, you know, back to what, what she once was and a giant star on SmackDown or, you know, even Raw. I mean, I think it'd be awesome to see. It'd be, like you said, Sean, to be a great comeback story. They can poster that on the end of the movie and all is happy. And The Rock will be happy, too, because he's, you know, invested in that project, you know. So lots of good things that she does work out. I just have that, mm, that fear that, you know, the most that she's going to do is maybe be on an episode of Up, Up, Down, Down again. <laughs> So, oh, God, I wager she is going to be watched like a hawk. And I wager yeah. if they do have plans for her on screen, that there is some type of deal involved. And they've t- they've taken her side and had the talk where you put a toe out of line and we're done, you know, and, mm-hmm. and if she even remotely cares about her job with the WWE, then that hopefully will be enough. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I, I think that's that's we got to remember. There's two people at play here, right? Uh, you got to if you're Paige, you got to tell Alberto to keep himself in check and not do something that will affect her. Because say he does something else that gets out in the media, and she's involved in any way, that's gonna get her in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, and if and if she, same thing on her end. 
you know, like Paul said, they probably have already had the talk. I mean, look, they can let you – she could be doing the Performance Center and then nothing comes of that, right? Because they have so many people trained there. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it, we don't see you. So – Obviously, we'll have to see what this means if she she comes back to t- – you know, if I'm WWE, maybe you give her a little run in NXT even just to see what the reception's like and uh, see if she really works hard to, to try to get back or, you know um, – it's not like they couldn't use the the help to have somebody that's that's already over getting getting maybe some of the the ones that are there over before if you're going to have any influx from the May Young Classic at all. So it's just a thought. I don't think they'll do it, but it's it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is possible, and I mean, I could already see the storyline now. Paige comes back, and you know, NXT is celebrating one of their former champions, and then she tries to steal uh, Cien Almas away from Vega. So, why does it got to be a Latin thing? Here? I just love it. I love the Latin. I just think it'd be great. What, so is Patron going to show up? And that would get, trust me, Patron would rather have it that way. I think Patron would cause problems if it wasn't. So, trust me. <laughs> It's just to play nice for Patron. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what's wrong with Latino men, Sean? I mean, come on. I don't have a problem. I'm obviously <laughs> one of them, but I'm saying, like, you know. I thought you had an issue with Latinos. I'm like, come on. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just, I just think that's funny. Oh, man. It's like saying, oh, I'm I'm dating Apollo Crews. Well, we got to put Titus O'Neil in there. So we are a replacement. I mean, come on. Oh, it's true. So let's move away from that before I get in trouble. Uh, Let's talk about the. I have been told that you went very. You've been a very Gary after darkest without me being around. So. Oh boy, yeah, it is very true. Uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) Dick Justice gets me in trouble. Okay. (laughs) Dick Justice is a problem. Actually, his name is Richard Justice. Anyway, Uh, uh, so. Enough dicking around. Let's talk I, about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have something else, Sean? Before I move to the. No. Okay. I'm, so I'm uh, say justice probably gets a lot of people in trouble. <laughs> but you me. know, he does. Um, anyway, uh, sal- I salute him. Uh, let's talk about Whoa. Kofi Kingston and the fact that you know, Paul. We were kind of worried about this guy and the injury that it looked like he had apparently just like xavier woods psych uh he's healthy he you know wrestled in osaka japan uh at his past uh saturday uh so good job kofi you're healthy really happy about that you know and, and also we got some news about somebody else with a knee injury but this is actually a serious problem because davy richards is no uh not going to be able to wrestle a lot of the dates that he had planned in 2017. He's going to cancel all the rest of the dates that he had this year. And he's got to have surgery because his right knee is all messed up. And he's, you know, having to sit on the sidelines. He's supposed to wrestle and evolve this next weekend, but not going to happen. What do you think, Paul? Uh, you know, thank God that Kofi's was not uh, too serious because we were we were kind of having a mild freak out on Thursday about this. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really sucks for Davey, who 
has a a big career change, changes his priorities around, and and now he, even though he was only planning on being a weekend warrior essentially for wrestling, now it's uh, it still sucks, right? I mean, it's just how he was planning on making some income while he was going to medical school. So, yeah, uh, good to see him. You know, wanting to go to school and taking care of his kid, and I guess now he gets to spend even more time. Um, but, uh, just the guy has had lots of injuries, uh, mm-hmm. specifically knee injuries. So, uh, this is, it sucks, but you know, you're kind of prone to this. Yeah. It's, uh, kind of like, Mr. I wouldn't Anderson. be surprised if you hear, uh, him retiring. Ooh. Soon. Then, then when would we get the the the, the great sounds from that theme song? I, I love the wolf. I miss. I'll miss that. Uh, oh, maybe we'll get a chance to hear that again, and maybe the wolf pack will get back together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah flash back to the wrong stuff. We talked about WCW too much on this yeah, show. Yeah, you, exactly. you guys don't understand. I mean, I'm already sitting here thinking about psychosis and some other different stuff. So, are you having psychosis right now? A, a little bit. I'm happening? tripping. I'm, I'm tripping pretty bad. I mean, I'm thinking about the Disco Inferno and how me and him could go oh, have fun. So, you'll start saluting him too. Oh, you know it. So, God. Well, <laughs> poor taste after the Dick Justice jokes. <laughs> oh God! So anyway, um, so <laughs> that's our news. We are stepping away from it. Because the news, the news of Gary just having too much with this. Uh, there's too much WCW tonight, guys. I'm sitting here and I'm going back in time and I'm just thinking, how can I get Tony Schiavone's number? And it's a problem. So. Talked about Starcade and Bobby Heenan, the Wolfpack, all the too much. Yeah. So on. before I get into some other stuff, I shouldn't. Let, let's talk about Ring of Honor. How about that, guys? So we've got a pretty interesting uh, Ring of Honor to talk about. I'm really looking forward to it. So we're going to do that next. All right. Uh, so obviously, Death Before Dishonor is this Friday, which we will preview after we finish talking about this recent episode of Ring of Honor TV, which uh, honestly doesn't do a whole lot of uh, messing around. It's it's very focused on wrestling, and they open this week with Hangman Page taking on Kenny King, and there's a, a bit of a grudge match because Hangman Page was one of the people from the Bullet Club interfering in Kenny's match with Kushida for the TV title some weeks ago. Uh, this is actually really, really fun, I think. Uh, you have a lot of fun dives, I think the action's very fast-paced, uh, as you would sort of expect from these two. Kenny ends up getting the win with the Royal Flush. Uh, this is kind of a catch-22, right? Because obviously Kenny needs the rub from beating somebody, uh, who matters in Ring of Honor, going into a match with Kushida, where he is... Even though it's in his hometown, he's probably still the underdog in that match. And at the same time, Hangman Page obviously is one half of the six-man tag team champions now. And I I, I hate having him lose here, but it, it, that might also just be because I'm a fan as well. I don't know. 
Oh, well, first of all, Paul, I, as soon as I saw this match, I immediately texted the Young Bucks and says, I found him. I found the hangman. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm waiting sure they for my were reward. Pleased. Yeah, I hope so. So I'll, I'll be waiting for my reward. Uh, I know it won't be suck it anymore because they're not allowed to say that. But anyway. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, no, in, in all seriousness, I, I kind of felt the same way you did about this because I really like both these guys and they have their own direction. Mm-hmm. And those directions are to meaningful things, right? Because, you know, you got Hangman and uh, his work with, you know, the Bullet Club and being one of the champions of the trios titles. I call them trios, whatever you call them, six man titles. And uh, nonetheless, he's got that going on. You got Kenny King leading up to this match with Kushida, which he needs to look very, very strong. And I think that's what they decided here. They decided that King needed it more, which mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that. I no, really I think either. that. Uh, it was a very important thing to do. Now, it still sucks. You're right. It still is a bummer because you think, man, really, is Hangman doesn't get in those situations. He's not going to fall to most people. And for this to happen, it mean, meant a lot. And so, and obviously, he has a lot of faith in King and all that. So, great job, though. I think these guys had a, a, a good match. Um, it, it had some moments of really, you know, greatness and then it had some moments you know normal match so i I appreciated what they did here once again you're right catch 22 but i I think they had to go this route i'm happy with that yeah Uh, also during this match you have caprice coleman uh crash the announce table to announce that he's going to have the briscoes on coleman's pulpit next week uh and they hype up the hashtag to send in questions and all that stuff too so uh I, i i gotta say really quickly I love the fact that they alluded to that they're taking donations yes. for the pulpit. <laughs> I have to say that hey, that was quite funny. And you have uh, B.J. Whitmer out there, and he, he's just going along with the whole shtick. And I, I thought it was good stuff. So even though it was silly, I still appreciate what they did there. I had another point I was going to bring up about this match, and I have since forgotten, so it can't be all that oh, important. So I'm uh, sorry. No, it's not your fault. I was about to say it, and then you had your bit. I'm like, oh, thank God, Gary's going to cover for me. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I took it away from you. So. No. Once you think of it later, you can bring it up again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Marty Scroll then takes on Rocky Romero. Uh, Marty, obviously, will be facing Chucky e. T at Death Before Dishonor. Chuck Taylor, for, for everybody else who's not uh, following for the nickname rebranding here. Uh, and, of course, this sort of makes sense since there's sort of uh, the alliance between the former Repugni Vice tag team uh, members and the best friends of Trent and Chucky e. T and, and Rocky Romero and all that good stuff. And I thought this was a really, really good match that could have been great if they didn't give up on the arm work. Because Marty spends a good portion of the match focusing on Rocky's left arm and essentially... They throw it out the window in favor of this huge strike exchange, which is still equally as entertaining. But I was kind of expecting the left arm to come back into play. It never did. Marty ends up uh, putting Rocky away Excuse me, with a new finisher he has called the Bird of Prey, which is essentially a sit-out power slam sort of deal, um, which is fine. I think you need a a very impactful finisher if you're going to have a submission finisher as well. So... uh, this was still, like I said, really, really good. I just it could have been much more, if you ask me. Yeah, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect a lot coming in. Now, mm-hmm. it's not because I don't believe in Rocky Romero. No, I, I like him. I like you know 
You know, what we got here in this match, of course, the villain, Marty Scroll is amazing. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, too. Uh, but, you know, in the long run, I thought Scroll was going to win this pretty handedly. I thought something would happen where, you know, he would catch, you know, Romero off guard or do something dastardly, and this would be just kind of a squash, or he would just overcome the odds quickly. And it wasn't exactly like that, right? I mean, it, it act- match actually got some time. And you're right, they did get away from the holds, and they kind of went back to, you know, just doing what you would do at the beginning of a match, usually, and that's striking. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, you had the new finisher, it just kind of felt, it just felt odd. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it that way. It just felt very odd. Did I hate it? No. I, I, once again, these guys are great talents. They're great workers. I had nothing to hate. Just felt a little bit different than my taste. Um, you know, it's... It's like, uh, you know, a situation that you, you just love for the fact that you've got everything you want in the ingredients. It's just they were put in a different order, I guess. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Marty's Girl wins. That's that's what had to happen. You really don't yeah. need Romero to win. Yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. I, I don't have a problem with the decision. I just – I had this match hovering around three stars, and this could have been much more for me, I guess, if they paid off the arm work. I know not everybody's – usually so picky i'm usually not either but they they focus so much on it and to just throw it away is, is a real shame so yeah um we get another hype video from minoru suzuki uh they really want you to know that there's going to be a funeral this friday please bring flowers if you're out in las vegas because there will be a funeral after the show goes off the air for cody Rhodes. um <laughs> he he will be dead uh <laughs> <laughs> oh poor guy oh yeah, man he's uh I hope everybody enjoyed it while it lasted, you know. Well, you know, Paul, we're going to have to fly you out there. I'll let you console Brandy, and we'll see where things go from there. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people in line to do that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll help you fight them off. Don't worry. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Cody comes down to the ring for some promo time. Uh, He loves the champion. Uh, He loves being the champion. He loves the title, but he wants to change it up some. So he, this is the segment I was talking about last week where he introduces the physical ring of honor, which is the super gaudy ring. Uh, and he, the gimmick here is he's throwing away the coat of honor because he wants people to kiss the ring. Uh, I really, really wish they had done this sooner. Uh, and they had put this up on social media a couple of weeks ago. So I assume they're counting on you having seen this already, but it's out of place However, I will say commentary is wonderful here because they really play up the fact that Cody is worried about rings and all this other stuff that doesn't matter uh, because he looks really unfocused now going into his match with Suzuki on Friday. And as I mentioned, uh, he will die. So maybe you want to care a little bit more about that, Cody. Yeah, you know, that is so interesting because of the fact that this is a huge matchup and it just shows the obvious disregard and disrespect that he has for, you know, this guy, this, you know, a competitor that can literally kill him. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like, uh, I like the jewelry better. Like, I'm going to pay attention to this nice piece of uh, jewelry and just enjoy it and look mm-hmm. at the shiny, shiny little thing I have here. And, oh, crap, I just got kicked in the face. I'm dead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's just say it this way. This is entertaining. This makes me think of his daddy. I I really do appreciate that. You know, it seems to me once again, he's trying to find those moments in time that where he can kind of 
make his own brand of Rhodes, but at the same time pay homage to his dad. And I kind of felt like he, in a way, this ring kind of does it to a sense. Um, the thing about kissing the ring, that to me, that is quite funny. Uh, but it, it's actually, once again, like yeah, I was talking about Dusty, it, it shows a way to demean people. And this is not the first time this has been done. We've seen this done several times in wrestling. But I, I think Cody's doing a good job of it. I really do. So, yeah, he's unfocused. But I think what he's doing with the ring, it, it works for him. But I worry for his health and safety. As do I, Gary. As do I. Um we we get the death before dishonor hard sell here where they go over the entire card and then that brings us to the main event bully ray is out here for commentary as the briscoes take on the kingdom of tk orion and vinnie marseglia uh this this gave me a little bit of a different interpretation than i assumed they were going to do cuz they have the big qualifying match uh this friday to determine who's going to get the the six man tag team title shot on that same show and this is sort of a prelude, but this to me felt like they were showing you that TK Orion and Vinny as a tag team could hang with the likes of the Briscoe. And to that end, I felt like this was very successful because this is this is a pretty damn good match. Uh, and it, the, obviously the kingdom's going to come up a little bit short here. Jay hits the Jay Driller to lead to their demise. But I don't know. I'm, I was expecting a little bit more of a play against Jay. Uh, for all of the concussion problems he's had on the past couple of weeks. And they touch on it on commentary, but as far as the ring work goes, it seems thrown out the window almost. And while I'm sure it's going to play a part on Friday, I was kind of expecting something else to play off of that here. But we didn't get that. It was very, very straight up. It was. And I thought, okay, this could be a good matchup for all the reasons that you could have said. And I kind of thought, okay... Why is you know where's Taven right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what what's up with that and then you have Bully Ray out there on commentary I was expecting maybe a swerve you know Taven comes out ruins the day this everything the kingdom has done to those guys and it is not there um, so I didn't understand that I did appreciate the nod to the fact that that team is good but they're not great without mm-hmm. Taven right the kingdom is a solid piece of work they're they're a force to be reckoned with. But without their leader, they're just not as great. And they alluded to the same thing for Bully, right? Mm-hmm. The Briscoes are good, and they they can handle themselves. And, and Bully kept saying it. I don't need to get involved. It's not my problem. It's my problem when I'm on the ring post, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's when I worry about them. I, I like a lot of that commentary thrown into here, right? Because it gives us a lot of answers that we've had questions about. Um, so it's good. I, I appreciate all that. Once again, I mean, you do have them celebrating here in the middle of the ring with, you know, of course, Bully and the Briscoes, but you, you still coming out of this asking a few questions and it gets you ready for this big, you know, show coming up. But at the same time, it also makes you wonder, you know, about what's going on with the kingdom. Exactly. Uh, and we'll dive into more of that as we preview death before dishonor here in a little bit, but next week is the honor rubble. Uh, which I think this is the first time they're actually going to televise it, which is really cool. But it's basically their Royal Rumble event. I assume it's going to take up the entire show. Uh, so that's something really cool to look forward to if you're uh, if you're still new to Ring of Honor or, or maybe you've never seen one of these before on DVD. But it's always a good time. Last year they had some fun surprises and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I think so too. 
Uh, so let's uh, let's dive into this Death Before Dishonor card, Gary. Uh, I have in no way, shape, or form know how this card's going to go down, so I sort of just ranked them in, uh, in ways we're going to talk about it. But uh, whether this opens or not, I don't know, especially since the Young Bucks are pulling double duty. But Chucky e. T takes on Marty Scroll. Uh, we got to see Marty and Rocky have a great match on ROH TV this week. I love Chuck Taylor. Who do you got in this one, buddy? Yeah, Chuck Taylor is amazing. You gotta love him. I think Marty, you know, has done his thing pretty well too. You know, it, it, this is tough. I mean, it, this is really one that's a flip of a coin for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chucky e. T has some interesting stuff here, but I think what you have here, Marty Scroll, to me, in my personal opinion, him winning just means that they've got to do more and it means that Chucky e. T will have to come back and of course, you know, with the rest of his guys and have a bigger match with the rest of the bullet club. So I'll, I'll say uh, it's a flip of a coin, but I will say scroll. I'm going to go the opposite way and say Chucky e. T somehow manages to pull this out just because if they do want this to go on, there's some other shenanigans you could do. I still feel like Chuck Taylor is sort of new to the ring of honor scene I'd like to see him win and sort of be kept strong, even though I feel like I'm wrong on this. Uh, I, I really hope he pulls through. Just one, I'm a huge Chuck Taylor fan, and two, um, yeah, he really does need to be kept strong. I, I really yeah. like him. So, no, I, I think so too. I don't think this is going to be a quick match. It'll it'll stretch out. You know, yeah. you'll probably even get some. You'll probably get some soul food, but I, I just don't know he's going to win. I wager we will get some soul food, Gary. I wager we will. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of soul food, we got Las Vegas Street Fight, Jay White, Punishment Martinez going one-on-one. I am quite looking forward to this. I'm a huge fan of both guys. I really feel like they're going to get a chance to cut loose here and show us what they're all about. We've got to see Jay White cut loose on pay-per-view before with Will Ospreay. I think Punishment is still looking for that breakout match. Do you think he gets that breakout victory here? You know what? I, I want him to. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Um, is it going to happen? I don't know. I, it's almost like the momentum they have with Wyatt is it's pretty strong, right? Yeah. I, I've got to go with him. I, I want Punishment Martinez to win. I think he's amazing, but I, I just don't see it. I don't really see Punishment winning here, even though I feel like it would be really cool because they're this has been kept sort of even for a while where they've basically just been attacking each other, uh, since the war of the worlds tour, uh, excuse me, earlier this year. And I just, they, they've been pushing Jay so strong. It's really hard to go against him here. Uh, nah. when, when the big lights are on, you know, so. Yeah. And, and it's also for the fact that, you know, punishment is a great big monster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this is a payoff. we basically been waiting for and i think it's just it this is the time and place is probably going to happen if you know punishment wins i'm going to be over the moon because i love him but i mean i like why too yeah me too uh we also have a last man standing or for half of this a last real man standing match as jay lethal and silas young get a chance to tear the house down with uh basically no rules and last time we got to see lethal and one of these matches, uh, a la Cody Rhodes and, and the Bull Road match, it, it was pulled off very well. I'm expecting shenanigans. I really want Silas to win here, though. I feel like he could really use it. You could catapult him uh, to the top of the card 
whether that's with the TV title or the world title at this point, I don't know if that matters so much, but I feel like Silas could really use this win. I think he's going to get it. I really do. You know, Jay Lethal has taken a totally different path in his career than he was at one time. And, you know, for a long time there, he was undefeated. He was Mm -hmm. a champion. He did all these great things. And now he's taking that step back, and it's almost like he's, uh, oh, I'm okay with losing. I'm okay with putting guys over. Let you know, let me do it, right? And I think this is what the situation is in this, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Silas win. I, I have a strong feeling. I could be completely wrong, but I, I think Silas is going to win. I'm picking Silas here, too. Don't get me wrong. I just, if you can never, ever underestimate Jay Lethal getting wins when it matters, because Ring of Honor for one, likes to keep him strong. Two, he's still one of their top guys and is sort of perennially always able to challenge for the world title whenever he wants, it seems like. And they like keeping him in that position. So winning here, uh, I don't know if it necessarily gives him a step back if he loses, but winning here certainly does solidify that position if he does get it. I just here's my thing. It it brings up that big question with lethal winning. Mm-hmm. Then you just have you're right. They don't really take a step back with Silas Young, but you don't have any growth. And right. then I mean, where else does he go from here? Mm-hmm. I think this is a, it's a moment in his time with the Ring of Honor that's going to mean something. So I, I hope me and you both are right, and Silas Young does win. Yeah, they've sat on the pot long enough with Silas. It's time to either get off or, or you know, use them. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Uh, so the this is the match I was talking about in our main event of the last show where the winner will receive the six-man World Tag Team title shot later on in the evening as the Kingdom takes on Bully Ray and the Briscoes. And this has a lot of meaning to it. Obviously, the last time they were here... Uh, TK Orion broke his leg, <laughs> uh, and that uh, that forced a title change there. And you know, there's there's so much history with these two teams as far as what these titles have brought since they've been brought in by Ring of Honor and the Kingdom. I I like Bully Ray and the Briscoes to win here. Don't get me wrong, but they're the Kingdom is definitely going to tear at the fabric of what makes them a trio. I think, uh, especially because I, I I'm. I'm really still dead set that they're looking at turning Jay heel and the head stuff is sort of playing into that. And I feel like the kingdom are going to really focus on that. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And, you know, I do want to pick the Briscoes and bully to win. Um, and I could totally see it, but I think you're completely right about that. You know, I, I think I'll take my pick over to the, I'll say the kingdom. I'll just say it for this reason, even though I could be completely wrong. I think for the reason you're pointing out and the fact that they are going to get in the head of Jay Briscoe and he's going to freak out. And heck, maybe he leaves the guys alone or heck, he picks a fight with Bully in the middle of the match. You know, because Bully's talking all this stuff about he's the leader and he doesn't have to help them. Things like that. So it, it could be a big issue. I'll, I'll go with the kingdom, though. I think they've had a lot of momentum themselves. I, I agree with you entirely on that front too, and 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 I do enjoy the Kingdom's act, uh, and, and realistically, seeing as they're facing off against the Hung Bucks here, which of course is Hangman Page and the Young Bucks as the six man unit, uh, they're the the Bullet Club obviously is so over in Ring of Honor that they can be face or heel seemingly whenever they feel like it, and that's what makes that previous match we just talked about so interesting because no matter how it goes, I think you're still set on. 
however you want it to play out. So do you think the winner of that last match for you, the kingdom for me, Bully Ray and the Briscoes, manages to overcome and steal those belts away from the Hung Bucks? That's a great question. And if you ask me, the kingdom can do it mm-hmm. because, I mean, they're just, you know, that team right there. They have dastardly deeds written all over them and they find a way to sneak out victories. And uh, do I think it's going to happen? I'm not sold on that. I, I don't. It could. And I think it would be great. But I'm not sold on it right now as as we sit here tonight. Um only because I think the Young Bucks definitely are a big factor in the Ring of Honor, and I don't think they want that going away. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it's also a great way to continue to spotlight Hangman Page if you're not so certain about a singles push for him yet. Uh, and to that end, throwing super kicks at an injured Jay Briscoe's head and playing into all of that, going into that story, really helps, I think. Uh, not to mention, obviously, the Young Bucks and the Briscoes have so much history as well, and there's just so much to play off of that way too, but I think the Hung Bucks still walk out Ring of Honor World Six Man Tag Team Champions no matter who they face. So yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Uh, so that moves us to the Young Bucks' other match for the evening, and this also could open the show, I guess, if they want to space out the matches. But the World Tag Team Titles will be on the line as the Young Bucks defend against the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, obviously, these two also have a huge story past that dates back years uh to tna uh where they sort of put themselves on the map and and their series of matches that really got a lot of attention do you think the young bucks lose here you know i'm gonna say no Mm -hmm. i don't i mean because you know what we were talking i think they mean too much right now I just, I, they could, I just don't want to say no. That's my problem here. I don't want to be like, oh, no, there's no way. No, and I, I could see it, but my feeling in my gut says no. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at no two, and in fact, I'm going to call no decision because I think the addiction are going to rear their ugly head and come in and kill a match that probably is going to get some time to really build up to feel like it's going to be something again. And the addiction are just going to come in and kill it, just like they did on Ring of Honor TV a couple weeks ago. So, and whether they end up getting added to the match or whatever, I I just I don't. The Bucks will walk out with the titles no matter what. It's just how do you get there? I think it's a no decision. I think the addiction are going to screw this all up. Yep, I think you have a good point there, and I didn't even put them into consideration, to be honest with you, but I should have, and yeah, I mean, if it goes that way, I want to see it, because I'm kind of enjoying these guys screwing things up. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Uh, So, co-main event, world uh, world television title on the line, Kushida defends against the hometown boy, Kenny King. I remember what I was going to ask earlier. Do you do you like Kenny with the face turn and everything like that? Do, do you feel like he's believable? Do you feel like he's just being himself? And do you think he manages to overcome Kushida here in this matchup? You know, Kenny King is a really likable guy, if you ask me personally. I've mm-hmm. always enjoyed him, even when he's a heel. I think he's a great heel. I think he brings a lot because he has that kind of cocky attitude. He can kind of put himself on display. I think the face turn and him playing this baby face is okay. I think he's doing a good job. I don't hate it. I think there's a lot more work to be done on that side of the ball for mm-hmm. Kenny King. I think he's got a lot to grow in when it comes to being that. But, yes, 
I think it is a good thing for him right now, and I think that he could be something special if he really works hard and continues down that path. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, right? I mean, I think that the guy has a lot to offer. So I'm completely happy with Kenny King. I really enjoy Kenny King, too, uh, even though I feel like right now he's basically just playing a face version of his King of the Night gimmick from TNA. But... uh, Either way, it it feels very natural for him. It feels like a simple play off of everything he's done in his career so far. And to that end, I think it works out very well. And we've talked about how the Ring of Honor is trying to make him more personable and easier to connect to, talking about his time on The Bachelor and talking about his daughter and all these other things that really humanizes him. And I think that's worked out well, too. That being said, I, I still don't see him beating Kushida. Like, I mean... I love Kushida. He's he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and I I feel I still feel like Kenny's coming into this the underdog. And, and honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he does win here. But you still have a lot to do with Kushida. It's not like he's going to get a lot of play time throughout this time of year in New Japan with them sort of winding down as they get inch closer to the Tokyo Dome. And I I could see Kushida dropping it at final battle maybe, but I I don't know if he loses here. You know, that's an interesting thing. And you know what? I mean, Kenny King winning this would mean so much to him. Oh, my God. That would be a huge highlight for him. That gets him going in the right direction immediately. Now, is that going to take place? I think I'm with you, Paul. I want to say yes because I want – Kenny King to meet to meet that next level, to do great things, to to have you know a, a lot more here. I, d- I just don't see it though. I, I think Kushida stays true, wins this matchup, and you know King walks away with experience and is very happy. But you know, there's always that opportunity for a rematch or to get into another big match. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think Kenny King losing here will hurt his career, but I think it would help him a lot by winning. So. But just don't see it right now. I, I don't see it either, but you're absolutely... He has everything to gain from winning this, too. And it's one of those that's almost like too easily written, right? Hometown, big opportunity, all that. Uh, and it's certainly there for the taking if they want to. I just... They have a... Ha- Ring of Honor has a really bad habit of putting over the New Japan talent uh, in mm-hmm. situations like this, too. Yeah, you're not wrong on that. And the other thing that we need to take into consideration is what you mentioned earlier. You know, if the addiction doesn't get involved in the other match, this may be the one they do get involved with because it is the hometown boy they're messing with. Very true. Very, very true. Uh, So main event, Cody's going to defend the world title against Minoru Suzuki. Uh, I'm sure Cody's going to win here because as much as it would be really enjoyable to see Suzuki as the ring of honor world champion. I just don't think they're going to do it. They have a great thing going with Cody. I feel like, however, Suzuki is going to get an opportunity to annihilate a lot of bullet club members on his way to, to losing here. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong on that. I really look to see, you know, maybe Suzuki gets Cody down and, you know, tries to pin. And then the next thing, you know, you have all the bullet club members and they start taking the hits and then Cody gets back up gets the pin somehow, maybe a roll-up or does something, and it gets the victory. Um, but the question I have is after he gets it and he's you know basically hobbling around, is he still going to ask you know Suzuki to, to kiss the ring? That's my big question. I wager that's how the match opens. Is he's going to come out with the ring on, and he's going to have Suzuki try to kiss it, and Suzuki will either slap him so hard in the face 
that Cody will have to roll outside for five minutes going, oh, God, my face, oh, oh, God, or uh, Cody will just straight up die, and they have to give the title to Minoru, so... He'll slap him so hard he'll have to wear the mask again. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. I would be okay Uh, with that entirely. (laughs) Oh my god. He's so embarrassed he paints his face up, right? Hits him so hard he thinks he's stardust again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So Well that's Death Before Dishonor. That's this Friday and we'll talk about it next Monday. For sure. So uh, be looking forward to that. I'm really excited about it. And we've got some big stuff going on. Not only do we have Death for Dishonor, but we have, of course, you know, our big preview coming up for, guess what? No Mercy. That's right. We'll be doing that Thursday night or Friday morning on the download for you guys. That'll be part two of this show. And, uh, of course, on that show, we'll also be talking some Impact Wrestling along with Lucha Underground in the Basically, uh, whatever comes out in the world of wrestling news. Uh, So look out for that show. I'm really excited about doing it already. Of course, don't forget, you guys need to go check out all of our great content over at W2Mnet.com. We have so many great shows up there besides ours as well. Go check out the W2M Network. Go subscribe, rate, and review there. You can get all the great stuff over there at W2Mnet.com. And if you just want our content, Wrestling at the Max, search it out. You know, hit that subscribe button, rate and review, and you are good to go. And, you know, also want to throw some love out there to 411mania.com as well as last word on prowrestling.com. Both are great supporters of ours, and we appreciate those sites. Please go check them out and, uh, you know, make sure you tell them that we sent you over there. And, of course, like our shows over there as well. Uh, and, you know, I want you guys to know as well, you know, once again, I mean, we've had a great show, had a great time celebrating you know, one of the greatest managers of all time, one of the, one of the coolest guys that, you know, really has inspired a lot of other people in the world of wrestling and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And on our celebration, we are going to get out of here and, you know, once again, give him his last word uh, and let us kind of take a step back as we listen to some great words by the guy and his Hall of Fame speech. So, We'll be doing that next, and uh, just we'll sign out here. So until next time, guys, if you're not living life to the max. Not living life at all. You know it. I'm manager superstar Billy Graham in Chicago. And one night, Ivan Pesky slamming on top of you, and you had so many bumps on your body, it hurt my back for a month. And I managed Harvey Race in 1968. When I found out I was going to be here tonight to be inducted with Harvey, knowing Harvey, I thought we were going to be indicted. (laughs) (laughs) But, But this man, we had more fun together, and he is one tough man. Believe me, one tough man. The things he's been through in life... Six or seven, how many times world champion? Harry, wake up and I'll throw dirt on you. Eight times, eight times heavyweight champion of the world. Excellent. Then I managed Bob Remus as we went down the back roads in Peoria, just laughing, knowing our wives would never believe we were riding with four fat girls, taking us to the airport so we could save 20 bucks. He says to me, 
if this car flips and we're dead, they're never going to believe us. <laughs> then he said, Bobby, stop it. You've made them all laugh, and they've only got seven teeth. <laughs> and that was counting us. <laughs> and then I went from there to manage it, and everybody they threw in front of me in the WWE. Oh, excuse me, did I say something? <laughs> wait, wait, let me get this now. You want to talk about wildlife? When I came here, they had, they had the three freebirds. They had the junkyard dog, mad dog, um, two bulldogs, uh, a guy with a, a, a Matilda, another dog. Uh, there was a junkyard dog. You had insects. You had two killer bees. You had serpents. You had a guy with a snake. You had a Hawaiian guy with a lizard. Uh, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. And you ready for this? And to top it off, I'm the weasel doing commentary with a gorilla. Damn it. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.